Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's a bloody early, early, early start again. I am Fergus, I'm your host, just out of his scratcher. Um, and we're going to look ahead to the Burnley game. We'll have a brief look back at the Leicester game and have our usual Gooner debate. Uh, today I am joined by a very unusual looking man, uh, Scunny, and uh, Mr. Tony Fane as well. So um, let's uh, <laughs> chat to Tony first of all. Tony, where the hell are you? <laughs> Boys, I'm fishing. I'm on the bank. A local club. Or You're what? having a what? <laughs> I've uh, yeah, I've just decided to get me on it uh, in public. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, you uh, can't, yeah, you can't, you're casting your line out there, are you? <laughs> yeah, ten, Who, ten. who's a very funny looking man, Scunny? Who's a very funny looking man, Scunny? <laughs> Scunny, he's made a mess. He's made he a mess again. No, 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 that's no, 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 I said, There's a very unlucky, unusual man called Scunny. Why? What's up with me? What have I done now? <laughs> no, is it because I'm not wearing a hat? Is that what it I, is? You're trying to take I the piss out of me because I'm not wearing a hat? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> might be it. Grow no, up, for God's sake. <laughs> Scunny, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done, Trev? Well, I think you look all right, Scunny, to be honest. I don't know what he's talking about. What do you mean, what have I done? I've done nothing. Morning, Trolls. Trolls is in early. This will be fun. Morning, Ruth. Sweetheart, how are you? Just move on then. Change the subject. What are we talking about next, Fergus? Well, obviously, talking about talking about changes, obviously, from now on, Pinky and Perky. I think you should be now <laughs> known as Pinky, Trev. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll get your name changed by Depot. <laughs> he's, de- he's definitely Pinky from now on, isn't he? I'm, you know what? It's going to be changed in my phone straight after this to Pinky. <laughs> it's normally in this tre- Trev Block Seven, but uh, he's he's definitely got in his Pinky going going forward. Right, listen, um, we did do the Leicester game preview, and we also done a, a, a little bit of a phone in thing that not many of you phoned in, which was uh, um, a little bit disappointing after the game, but. Um, uh, we didn't advertise it much, if I'm honest, but we're going to quickly uh, go over the Leicester game and then look ahead to the Burnley game. A Burnley game that um, Mike, myself and Trev and Potsy and my brother-in-law and loads of us all went up to last year. Hence the title of this uh, podcast, Benny and Hot. Trev doesn't remember drinking his Benedictine with hot water. This is Benny and Hot. And he said, oh, I had one sip. You had two of them at half time because you were freezing. <laughs> no. if, if i had if i had two of them i didn't pay for them because they're awful they're horrendous can, just you can you put that comment up for my mate you, Ruth, you, you, you hardly paid for anything over the whole just put that comment up for my mate roof now <clears throat> which one that one no, from my mate roof yeah well the, ruth ruth please thank like, you, you know, ruth. I know you love you too style of art, you, ruth. but you know jesus christ this, this he's not I, I, i'm sorry i have to disagree with you on this occasion ruth <laughs> um so right okay we're gonna look at the leicester game uh yori tillemans uh put them one nil ahead david louise uh, uh equalized from a header then lacazette scored from the penalty spot and pepe sealed a deserved win for arsenal um Arsenal ended a four-game winless draw and Pepe's equaled his league goal tally from last season, but in, in uh, of five goals in 13 fewer exper- uh, appearances. Experiences. Uh, Scunny, um, what did you make of the game uh, last week? Sorry, I just can't get over the fact looking at Trez's beard. It looks like he's had a face full of watermelon or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just been diving straight in there, mate, not cutting it up into pieces at all. <laughs> What did you make I, of the I game? I haven't mate? got a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. Looks like he's got a bag of candy for stuff to you. Bag of what? I got a uh, bag right, of candy. Easier. Right, right. <laughs> what do you, <laughs> you think of the game? <laughs> uh, last week, uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. It was better than expected. Uh, I was expecting a loss, um, in, in all fairness, against Leicester, but. You know, it turned out to be the win. So yeah, we uh, we played great, and 
few of the underachievers so far this season had turned up on that game. You know, the likes of Willian and say Pepe in some games, it, you know, they turned up and it, it worked out brilliantly. Tony, your your thoughts on the game? Yeah, obviously it's pretty much been uh, said in that. I mean, the start was pretty horrendous. You know, from the Shaka Pass, um, Mari and Elneny deciding to go one way and then you think, here we go, we're going to lose three or four nil. Um, but credit where credit's due, I thought the comeback, the spirit um, was very good. And it, it, overall, the performance was very, very good. It wasn't just a good win. It was a very, very good performance. But Pepe was superb. And I think Pepe has been unlucky not to, to play more. He's, he's worked great um, defensively in the last couple of games. has been superb. There's clearly, obviously, improvements have been made there. I thought William was very good. I thought someone who's not really been getting a, 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 many mentions was David Luiz. I thought he was superb on Sunday. Um Yes, Sandy, sorry. Um, I, I think he, as, for all these mistakes, you can see why potentially there's another year contract on the table because his leadership skills are full to see. It's just that, unfortunately, every now and then he's got a ricket in him. But um, look, certain players are certainly certainly starting to turn up now and hopefully the experienced players can can um, finish the season off strongly um, and we can maybe climb a few places and potentially get into the Europa League. And Pinky, um, what did you make of um, Louise's performance then overall since Tony mentioned Louise and, and, and probably Pepe as well? Oh, sorry, you're talking to me, are you? Talking to yes, me? Pinky. Oh, sorry, I didn't I didn't realise you were talking to me. I think that I think that uh, I don't like agreeing with a big fella, but I think Tony's right about <laughs> Louise, to be honest. I think, I think he's, he's picked up his performances nicely and I used to worry, I didn't think that the... Um, I didn't think that the, the, the good games from Louise balanced with the, the mistakes from Louise. I, thought, I didn't think he was worth the risks of, of the mistakes he could make. But he, he seems to be doing that a lot less recently. So, yeah, worth his place. Played at a really cracking game against Burnley, I thought. And scored a very brave and a, and a good goal. Very good goal. We haven't had a centre-half that will put his head in there for a long time. You know, and, and so very brave. Very good goal. I'm very happy. And, and much like you boys have said, I, didn't, I couldn't see us beating Leicester. I, Leicester are a good side and I, I thought Leicester were going to turn us over and turn us over comfortably. Then when we saw the team selection, we thought, oh God, here we go, didn't we? We're all guilty of it. We all owe him an apology because he got it right. It showed in the performance. So yeah, all in all, a cracking day. And, and we've got to make sure now that it's not another false dawn. We've had a few false dawns this season with wins and then we've played right useless the following game. So today is really important. Now we carry that momentum forward. Yeah, I every game is like a trip, cup final just, at the minute, isn't it? Go on, Tony. No, I was just going to say, obviously, what Trev was saying, just to reiterate what he's saying, I don't think necessarily the performance needs to be great today. It's the result, I think, that needs to be there. So if we do scrape a 1-0 win, like Trev says, you build the momentum because after these next sort of few games, our, our back end of games is really favourable on paper. So, obviously, those big games have all, have all been done and dusted. And now you're looking at the last 10 games thinking, if we can put a run together, there's still a possibility, a slim chance of getting top four, which I personally don't think we can achieve. But certainly top six and obviously a Europa League place. Yeah, and, and Tony, do you want a top six spot over a top... Uh, obviously, nobody wants a top six spot over a top four spot, but do you want a top six spot over a tenth? Yeah, I mean that's that's obvious. Getting into Europe, um, I, I would settle for the Europa. The Europa League seems to drag us down. No, I think it's an ex an excuse. Typical Arsenal, it's an excuse. You want to be playing European football now. The Champions League is obviously the creme de la creme, um, and although it's not as prestigious as the Champions League, Europa League is still in Europe. And as we've seen, the Europa League has got better in recent years. The teams that's been involved. Um, if we was to do a Chelsea and drop out of the Europa League and have an owner to spend money, then I'll accept that. But we, we're not in a position where an owner is going to spend that money. Um, mm. You know, I, I would settle for 15 from winning the Europa League because at the end of the day, our, our priority at the start of the season was to get back into Europe, obviously mainly the Champions League. But if you can't achieve the Champions League, you achieve the next best thing, which will be Europa League. And financially, and we still we need, we still need, we still need uh, European football. Um, we're still a big club in stature and we still need that European football to to attract the so-called better players. Okay. No, no, and, and to be honest, what you've said there is what most people are saying. Um, I'm, I'm slightly of the opinion 
there's part of me thinking the Liverpool Chelsea experience where and it's probably because they have owners that have spent a load of money but where they've spent uh, a season or two outside Europe has helped them progress in the league and subsequently win titles against Bag at the Champions League but that that's for probably You're another slightly day off Mike, the rocket um, you got to remember as well Chelsea spent 300 million that year when they was out the uh, Champions League and Europa League are we going to have 300 are we going to have that kind of money to spend that no, very spot unlikely, on, especially since on. we posted a 48, 49 million pound loss for last uh, last year as well. Uh, Mike, um, what did you make of of, of um, the performance of players? And, and and I'm looking, not digging for negatives, but did you think anybody in that squad had a bad game? Like Trules comes along and says, I'm saying what you don't want to hear, but Shaka, who is a hidden captain, uh, looked before uh, games and... He's like he's improving and he he's running the team. He, his tackles have been timed better. Did you did you think anybody had a bad game? Because me and Trev were briefly talking beforehand, and the only one we could probably have said that didn't have a great performance was possibly Shaka, but that was probably tainted with our dislike of the fella. It, it, no, I, I, think, I think that's, that's definitely tainted. You that said definitely that. tainted. Fergus said that, not me. He had he had one screw up early on in the game, didn't he, for the goal? That was his only screw oh. up in the game, and he got better throughout the game, Jacker. Uh, the only person I find that I found if I'm gonna pick out someone who was poor that game was El Nene or El Sideways. Because he don't to me just is it, 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 it passes backwards, he packs passes sideways sideways. He doesn't really do much for me. Um I probably missed something. I'm sure people are going to disagree with me. So, but that's just my opinion. I thought he was the worst player on the pitch. And by far, being he wasn't the worst player on the pitch for Arsenal for me. Mm. But in that saying that, he wasn't a bad player that game that, that day. So I'm not saying he was terrible. I'm just saying he was. No, 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 no. And, 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 and I, I, he wasn't as effective as other players. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and I think, I think. It's a bit harsh to try and find out who's having a bad game because I don't think any player really had a bad game in that game. I think overall it was a great team performance. Um, one person who had a really good performance, Trev, was uh, William. Um, you know, he's he's been a victim of a lot of a lot of crap, really. Like you know, um, people said we shouldn't have signed an ex-Chelsea player. He's an old player. This, that, and the other. Um, you know, I, I when we signed him, I spoke with Mem actually, and I said, like, you know, it's effectively a twenty million pound signing, um, which is cheap in this day and age for a player of that experience. Uh, yes, he's getting a, a large weekly wage, but when he performs like he did against Fulham and like he did against Leicester, he can be a fantastic player. But unfortunately, he doesn't perform like that enough. What did you make of his overall performance, Trev? Well, he was all right. When he he showed up for the game, and he, you could see his effort levels were were much higher than they have been. So you you can't fault him. Just like you you, you had a bad choice of words just now, Fergus, my son, because I don't think anybody had a bad game. I think that we all played well, and uh, I think I think William was part of that. William, if I was drinking beer, I'd be fine. W William showed his face, and, he, and but we've got to see this every time he plays. You know what I mean? Not just. Not just once a season. So, as I went back to earlier, today is very important. Going back to the Xhaka thing, Fergus, what did I say about Xhaka? I said the only way I'd say Xhaka he's had a bad game is because I've got that underlying thing with him yes, where I can't forgive him for throwing the shirt on the floor. I know I'm shallow-minded. I know, I know I shouldn't dwell on things, but I can't forgive him for throwing the shirt on the floor. That's me. And the last thing, I talked about Europa League, right? And, and uh, Big Tone nailed it, really, because... You, you boys, you younger lads probably won't remember it, but a season without European football can be the worst season ever. You know, you you have a season without European football, you go out the FA Cup, uh, your season's over. If you season like this year, season's over, boys. But but that is when you find out who the real Arsenal fans are. That's when the real Arsenal fans still face. You still go to games. Still get done boozer if you hear him. You find ten dollars. Only chucking fifty cents. It's like having Oggy back in the chat. 
Honestly, honestly, why he's why he's gone lost? Can I just touch upon Shaka as well? Um, Shaka uh, epitomizes is exactly what Arsenal football club is at the moment. You know, when you, when you, when he's having, say, in a span of ten games, he's having, I don't know, six of those would be decent games, two of those would be average or below average, and then two would be really poor. So it's, it epitomizes exactly what Arsenal's about. There's no consistency on his day. Mm. He's a very very good footballer. On, he, on the other day, he's an awful footballer. And it sort of epitomises exactly where we are as a football club right now uh, in terms of on and off the pitch. There's no real consistency with us. There's no real, um, you know, end goal. It's just you turn up every now and then he puts in a, you know, a world-class performance. But uh, on another day, he's awful. Um, there's no, you just don't know what you're going to get with Shaka. Um, I get there's obviously an underlying uh, issue with a lot, of, uh, a lot of fans regarding Shaka, and rightly so. But, I don't think he's anywhere near as bad as what people make out. And I think some of the criticism that he's had has been unfair. Um, but like I said, I just look at Shaka and he just reminds he's exactly what Arsenal are about right now. Inconsistency. You never know what you're going to get with a player. I think we might be getting Trev back. Go on, Mike. You're going to say something. Uh, all I was going to say is I agree with what uh, Tony was saying. It's uh, The thing is with Arsenal at the minute is we are full of... The team's full of seven out of ten players. Yeah. Do we constantly play? Do, you know, if, if all these players are constantly playing seven out of ten, then yeah, it looks good. You know, you look at the Leicester game, that for example, throughout the game, okay, start was a bit dodgy, but then they grew into it, and most of them, or the majority of them, were playing seven out of ten. But when we look back on games as well, you know, some of these seven out of ten players were playing four or five out of ten, so obviously they weren't as good. So we've got to remember we are a very average team at the minute. I've got some really talented players in there that just don't cons- consistently perform a 7, 8 out of 10, for example. Mm. That's been pretty much like us for the last probably decade. On our day, we can literally beat anybody in the world. On the next day, we can also lose uh, to anybody. And it's just, you just never know what Arsenal you're going to get. Um, and we need to find that consistency because until we find that consistency, we won't get anywhere near the levels us fans want to get back to. Uh, and consistency is a key word. Um, yeah, a lot of these players need to find it. Uh, mm. Mentality is key as well. Um, a player who had a good performance and enhanced um, somebody else's performance was Cedric. And looking ahead to the game today against Burnley, would you like to see, uh, Trev, would you like to see Cedric on the right with Pepe on front of him again? Would you would you like to see that? Because that, that worked, didn't it, on, on last weekend? I'd like to see my bloody internet last for more than five minutes, that's for sure. So would we. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, 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 wanna, I like... To, do you know what, Fergus? I like to see Saka on the right, mate. I like to see Saka on the right and, and Pepe on the left in front of Tierney. That's, that's what I like. I, I just feel that Saka makes more of an inroad playing on the right. I really do. Uh, I'm not knocking Pepe. Pepe's had some cracking games recently. And also Cedric seems to have opened the game up more down the right. But I like Saka on the right. And if we're going to play Pepe, play him on the left for me, mate. I might have to open the windows, get a bit warm in here. So Sorry, Tom. Um, <laughs> he's sitting there freezing his bollocks up. <laughs> I'd like to see Cedric again. Playing with Pepe, he yeah. brings out the best. He brings, he's bringing out the best in him. We've seen it before. The problem that I'm finding is at the minute is is uh, every time that a player does start having a, a decent run of games or has a really good game, he doesn't get picked again, and that's the issue I'm finding there. And Cedric complements Pepe in a better way than what Bellerin does. Now, if you go, if you watch what Bellerin does and uh, when he plays at right back, he constantly cuts inside. The problem with doing that when you've got a winger who wants to constantly cut inside, he's got no option to cut inside. So he's got all he's got is nothing going forward. It is leaving him nothing to do other than to try and cross the ball. Pepe doesn't want to cross the ball. He wants to cut inside. He wants to take on a couple of players and have a shot or a pass. When you've got someone like Bellerin who, who is cons- consistently cutting inside, he, like I said, is is giving him no option to do that. Is is basically leaving him no outlet to do anything. Whereas Cedric, he runs down the line. He sticks to the line. 
So he's dragging the player away from Pepe so Pepe can make the in, in, the inward route that he wants to take. That, that's, a, that's a great compliment to have for someone, and that's what he wants. Not only that, I think Cedric is a better defender than Bellerin. So when you've got someone who's a little bit better defensively behind you, you know you're not having to come back and cover. We all know Pepe's not a great cover for defense as a defensive player for Bellerin. So you're better off having a, a slightly better defender who can complement your better winger. Cedric is um, like Cedric's a bit of a throwback in terms of he's quite an old school right back. He's quite a traditional right back. Um, he does his job. He doesn't try and overcomplicate things. And I think in recent games, I know stats can can um, be made up to suit agendas. But when you look at the statistics of the combinations of Bellerin and Pepe versus Cedric and Pepe, it's like night and day. You know, sometimes sometimes you've just got to stick to what's working. And like you've just said there, players are producing. So Cedric and Pepe are, are producing a little bit of form. Don't drop them. Because then Arteta is just giving fans a stick to beat him with. You know, if, if you play well, you deserve to keep your place. You know, if you play well and get dropped, well, what's the point in playing well again? Because the rewards are you're just going to get straight on the bench. Players need yes. to earn their place. And you need to you need to be consistent. And like I say, if Pepe is doing the job all of a sudden, you need to stick with him. As a manager, put your arm around him and say, right, you're my number one winger. Carry on doing what you're doing, defensively and attackingly, and you will play every week. I think yeah, um, Daryl c- c- catches it in the comments there that he's he's more consistent uh, and as a better all-round defender um, than Bellerin. Yeah. I, I, as you guys know, I've not been a huge fan of Bellerin over the years. Not as, a, not as an Arsenal player, uh, but as the style of football he does, I think defensively he lacks and crossing which is the other thing he's meant to do as a, as a, as a right back. He couldn't cross himself in church is the, is the phrase I've used many, many times. Um, and, and, and it, you know, it's, it, it's disappointing because I think he could be a, he could be a captain for Arsenal. He could be um, a one club. Well, I know he'd done a bit of Barcelona when he was a kid, but he could be a one club player. He, he, he does love the, love the club that much. I watched the documentary on him. I was very impressed by him and his attitude and how he came back from that in injury as well. Um, a player who'd probably be out today due to the hip injury he picked up against Leicester is Smith Rowe. Um, Trev, uh, Odegaard uh, or Smith Rowe, if you were to choose, who would you have in that number 10 position? I'm not right. necessarily uh, for this game. I think I think it's going to be Odegaard yeah. for this game. But yeah. Um, yeah. if you were to choose in that position, who would you have? Uh, oh, Smith Rowe, without a doubt. Smith Rowe all day long because the young player has come through and done an astonishing job for us. And if if you were to drop him now for a player that's that hasn't shown that he's better than Smith Rowe, the, the poor lad will be in bits. The poor lad will be in bits and he don't deserve to be dropped. So Smith Rowe all day long for me, although I don't think he'll appear today. I think that he'll be part of, um, part of Arteta's plans to rotate or even be out with his injury. Who knows? But Odegaard's a good player, don't get me wrong. Looks 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 a class act, to be honest. But Smith Rowe in front of him for me every day. Trev, just to pull you up and, on that, obviously I think that the central midfielder there is, is dictated to by who plays up front. Because if you look at Lacazette's game this season, he's been pretty poor. Yet since the turn of Christmas, he's found like a, a new lease of life. That, that, that position of playing in, um, in front of the kids suits his game, but it also suits the younger players' games. You know, look at that run we went on with Smith, Rowe, Saka, obviously Lacazette. They just they, they complemented each other. Now, Lacazette complements those younger players far more than what Bamiang does. And I know Bamiang scores more goals, but when you look at the performances and the play and the build-up, Lacazette offers so much more overall to the game than what Bamiang can. So I think if you're playing Lacazette up top, Smith Rowe's he's got to play just behind him. But if Bamiang's up top, then you've got to wipe the options because Damien can't do what Lacazette can. Do you do you, do you play? Yeah, undoubtedly. Fifty p man is. Uh, <laughs> oh. um, do you do you play? Do you play Odegaard and Smithrow? We saw it in a few gate a few games ago, which pushed Smithrow out onto the onto the wing and left uh, Odegaard in the centre. Trules obviously with his Norwegian. Um, uh, you know, Scandinavian sort of background has uh, very, very, um, <laughs> very much an Odegaard fan. Um, but do you, Mike, what do you think? Do, do, you, no. do you play both of them? No, don't. Why? 
Why play both of them? I've never. I don't, I don't get it. You can You you throwing in uh, Erdegaard to play with Smith Rowe. Okay, Smith Rowe. Arguably, he's been one of the better players for the last few games. Last since the games that he's been in. So yes, we play ESR, but you don't throw Erdegaard in just for the sake of throwing him in. Why put two number tens on the pitch? We've got Saka who can play on the left. You've got Pepe who can play on the left. You've got Willian who can play on the left. You've got Martinelli who can play on the left. You've got Aubameyang who can play on the left. Why? I just I don't get it. You know, you you're dropping so many players. For the sake of throwing someone in, don't get me wrong. Erdegaard is looks very talented. He looks like a very talented player, and he looks to be, you know, and he's, he's starting to improve his form, especially in the Leicester game when he had to come on for Smith Rowe. I just don't understand that. But um, to go to do something like that is pointless. It really is pointless when you've got so many left-sided players who can choose from. It just seems it just seems a pointless thing. You just you're causing more issues than what you would be gaining anything. But, Mike, it's the old, it's the old adage of, of square pegs and round holes again. Yeah, we've had, we've had that problem for years, and like you've just alluded to, you know, we've got so many wingers, user wingers. Don't, don't, don't hit Smith Rowe left and Udegaard in the middle because it doesn't work. We've seen that. You've got players with yeah. certain positions, and like you've just said, just, just stick to the, you know, there's enough options out on the left. You've got two um, sort of attacking midfielders. You know, rotate them two. That's their exactly. job. They play beyond the strike, and like you've said. Yeah, there's no point in, in, in square pegs and round because it hasn't worked for us in, in, in years gone by and it's not going to work going forward. No. But even on this game, I'm, I'm looking at the fixtures and even on this game, we was quite rotate. You know, we had a rotated side against Leicester and we ended up winning 3-1. If it was if it was my choice, I'd stick with the same team and go with that against Burnley because we've got a really... We've got a busy couple of weeks. You know, we've got Olympiacos mm. after this one. Then we've got Tottenham. Then Olympiacos. Then West Ham. So we have and got a Liverpool. very busy couple of weeks. So I would to, to be very honest, I would probably put out a you know like a, a rotated squad today. To be honest, Mike, you've got a huge, huge point made, made there because the, the next month of football is probably our hardest month of football with Olympiacos twice, uh, two London derbies, and then we play the current champions who <laughs> definitely aren't going to be the champions this year again but you know they're they're difficult games uh you know it's it, it, it's going to be tough and i i also think that's why it's very 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 important that we do get a result at burnley be it a one nil shit show or you know a 10 nil whatever whatever it is we we need a positive result today i want us to concentrate on the europa league yeah, i'd throw i would throw our first 11 at the europa league he will. Do you, he will, Mike. Well, we hope. He will. I'm sure he will. I, I, I've, I've switched over now to something else because I'm, I'm about to pull my ginger beard out, mate. It's doing me head in here. <laughs> it's but, not done you any favours, Trevor, that ginger-looking beard. Sorry, Trevor. Just, just a quick one. It's pink, not ginger. Is it pink? Oh, all right, then. Oh, don't, <laughs> knock it, don't knock a bit of pink, mate. Nothing wrong with a bit of pink. Beats a bit of brown. But, That's what she said. <laughs> oh. And, and, and by the way, Kieran, hang on one second, Kieran. We did note your comment in the chat, but we just didn't put it up. <laughs> Listen, but just before we move on, and now I'm now I'm back and bloody live for a minute again. The point Tony made earlier, right, was was really valid, and and I made. If Tony bothered watching the show, he'd know three that compliments. I made it a few weeks ago. Three compliments. Right, right you know, I made that comment. Lacazette. Looks a much better player with 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 Smith Rowe and Saka behind him, and and although he's, he he may not be scoring the goals we'd like him to score, but I think that he's a better player to play in front of Saka, Smith Rowe, even Odegaard. I just think he carries the youngsters better. You know what I mean? He, he, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but Laka definitely is the man to play up front if we're playing Smith Rowe and Saka. In my view, listen the whole. Better. The holding of the ball up, you know, higher up the pitch, especially in certain points of the game, he can do yeah. that for us. Aubameyang just can't do it. And he takes, yeah. he gives us that little bit of pressure, to, you know, that little bit of relief where you need to have a break in defending. He can hold the yeah. ball up or draw in the foul. Aubameyang can't do that. Aubameyang is a great goal scorer we've seen over years, but his overall game's not great. And I've said it for yeah. a long time. His overall yeah. game's not great. Where Lacazette doesn't score as many goals, but you see when he was playing with the kids, he holds the ball up, the little one-twos, the little pass arounds. Around the defenders, yeah. you know, he's got that in his locker. And at the moment, okay, he's had one or two bad games. But on the whole, since Christmas, he's been very, very good with those kids. Very good. 
yeah. or those youngsters, you know, should I say. Do you know what as well? I think that looking at it from, from the other perspective as well, I think that Smith-Rowe and Saka, with Smith-Rowe coming into the side in particular and joining up with Saka and the two of them playing together, they've made Xhaka look a better player as well, you know. They've made Xhaka look a better player because they're putting their energy levels are higher than what we've had yeah. there. And they're giving Xhaka many more options and it they make it. I think they're they're honestly the reason why Xhaka looks a better player as well. To be honest, um, Burnley uh, could do the double on us. We've had this done a few times. Are threatened to be done a few times uh, this season. It will be from probably about ten years after you started going to football, Trev. It was a nineteen sixty two sixty three season. Um, yeah. They had a one nil uh, victory over us at the at, at the fixture at Arsenal, and it was probably that fixture where we all started mm. to see our chances of the top four uh, start to fade. We had that, and we had uh, the Wolves game, and we had the Villa game. So there was there was that little spot where um, it just all seemed to be falling apart. And we, we we we've we've come back good since we've scored three or more goals. In three consecutive fixtures in all competitions for the first time since 2019. Um, yeah. who, who who would you have, Trev, starting up top? Would you have a Bamiyang who's probably misfiring more times than firing? Or uh, would you have Lacazette? Oh, at the moment, at the moment, Fergus, I'd have Lacazette. And that's not being detrimental to, to Albamiang. Far from it, actually, because you know. Albamiang has scored goals and he deserves the time to recover his form and sort out whatever's wrong with him. But definitely have Lacazette. 100%, mate, at the moment. Yeah. Especially in a more Teams physical game like one. today. Yeah. Teams so out. here we go with the team. we got Leno, Chambers, Louise, Mari um, and Tierney. So no sign of um, Cedric. Or Bellerin. Uh, Bellerin. Uh, so it looks like it's a three at the back, would you say? we got Party, Shaka, Saka, Odegaard, William and Aubameyang. No, 4-3-3. Um, four, three, three. Yeah, 4-3-3? Four, 4-2-3-1. Three, three. Yeah. Oh, we got Chambers on. Chambers is playing right back then. Um, what do you do with Chambers? You know, the guy's had, this is, what is this his first or second start he's had uh, this season? Tony, do you want to pipe up on Chambers? Do you, do you rate um, him? Uh, I'll I rate him in terms of a squad player. I think he, he does does a job. Um, he's not going to take us forward. He, he's not going to be um, a first teamer. Um, potentially, I'd keep him around as a squad player. But I think with just over a year of his contract left, I, I should imagine we'll be selling him in the summer. Um, we'll get probably ten million for him. Um, he, he needs to be playing regular football now at his age. Um, you know, the year he had at Fulham. He looked really, really good. But again, that was good in the poor side that got relegated. Um, yeah, he's been unlucky with injuries, but uh, and I've got nothing against the fella, but I just don't think long-term it's, it's, it's going to benefit us or him to stay. So I, I presume, or I'd assume, that he'll be out the door in the summer. Um, mm. Looking for first-team football now at his age. Mike, what would you do with, um, with uh, Chambers? Oh no, but I wouldn't have started him at right back for this game. Yeah, I just I'll find that a little bit unusual. We must have an injury problem with Bellerin. Uh, there must be because you can't, be can't be that much of an injury. He only got rotated for the Leicester game, and Cedric didn't get an injury at Leicester. Bellerin's on the bench, and Cedric's not in at all. Could that just uh, be precautionary because of Thursday? It it could well be. I'm yeah. just going to try and see if I can find the subs as well. So because uh, it's not on this. Um... Yeah. Bellerin is on the bench. Yeah, Bellerin is, and Cedric's not on the bench. So, no. yeah. so um, looking at that lineup, are, are you pleased with it? Yeah, we got Ryan, uh, Bellerin, Gabriel, Sabias, Pepe, Holding, Lacazette, El Nenny, and Martinelli. Trev, thoughts on the lineup? I'm never going to question Arteta's choices again. I I fell into the hole again last week against Leicester and said that. I didn't think he'd got it right, and he obviously had. So, if if Arteta says that's a team for today, that's a team for today. I'm not unhappy with it. It's good to see Party back starting again. Let's hope he doesn't get another injury. Let's hope we get a good run out of him now. Odegaard in the middle. Well, Odegaard had to come in because Smith Rowe's obviously injured and not in the side. So Odegaard fits in nicely. And Aubameyang instead of Blacker. Okay, yeah. And, and 
we touched on it last week and I touched on it a couple of weeks ago. I don't know who touched on it. What's lovely is when you look at these selections, we've got players that could come into every position and we wouldn't be upset with it, you know. We, we've, we've got more depth. Now, absolutely, we've got more depth. Look at the bench. Look what we've got on the bench, right? Let's go through them quick. Uh, Nicholas Pepe has been playing really well. Martinelli, we're all wondering why he's not getting game time. Gabriel, who ain't let us down. Rob Holding ain't let us down. Sabios never lets us down. Lacazette, the biggest effort player in the squad. Bellerin gets sticked. I don't think he deserves. Ryan, we've got a decent goalkeeper back up with Matt Ryan. And we've got El Nenny as a steady midfielder. We've got a cracking bench. I'm, I'm not unhappy with it, Fergus. I can't be unhappy with the way we are at the minute. Just here and ask the question. It's consistency. Kieran asked the question, what's Martin Lee got to do to get get um, some starts? So, Stop sleeping with Arteta's wife. Easy, Tiger. <laughs> He's done something wrong. He must have. And that was a, that was a flipping comment, please. Because Jesus Christ, I don't want to get sued by uh, Arsenal Football Club and bloody uh, Arteta's <laughs> wife. For the sake of recording... Well, the, the, my name is there, mate. They know where to find me. And if they've watched Arsenal, they know what we're like. <laughs> but but listen, it must be something. He either has got a really really bad injury, Mike, um, and they're nursing him back in. But if he's if he's fit enough to be on the bench, surely he's fit enough to start this game. Well, it's that age old additive, isn't it? About that, you know, if you can, if he's, you're fit to go on the bench, you're fit to start a game. Yeah. This nursing back to health, I don't, I, I'm I'm not buying it whatsoever. Uh, I think there's more to it than that, but it's all just speculation. Uh, I've speculated a few times on it uh, about what it is, and I just think it's one of them ones there is like similar to what Gwen Doozy was like um, in the way that he can't control him as much as what he'd like to. You know, Arteta is a very control freakish guy where he wants players to do a certain thing at certain times, stay in certain positions. Martinelli's not as a bit of a hothead, he likes to go here, there, and everywhere and do what he wants. So I think that's what it really is all about. But Obviously, I could be well off the mark well, on that. <laughs> the beers are opened. The beers have officially been opened. I should have a, a, a ticker down the bottom. It is football day, so the beer is open. It's uh, gone past 11 o'clock. It's gone past 11.30. Tony, you were going to... I was, having one, I was having one at nine o'clock, mate, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th this this is not all as cracked up to me, this water stuff. I had, a, I had a heavy session. I had a heavy session last night. I didn't go to bed till like... I was up at uh, six o'clock this morning, so uh, I needed one of the old hair of the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> what's your thoughts on what's your thoughts on on the Martinelli situation? Why can he not get into this starting lineup? It, it's, it's a strange one. Um, sometimes you you simply get managers who don't rate certain players, which is fine. It happens in football. The Martinelli one's a strange one because there's this. I've sort of said maybe they're nursing him back from injury, etc., etc. But then last last week was a, the prime opportunity. With three one up, Leicester are chasing the game. We were hitting Leicester on the counter attack. That was the perfect scenario to bring Martinelli on for the last sort of ten, fifteen minutes. Give him a run, give him some minutes, and he didn't. He opted to bring a Bamiang on. So that tells you that either a, the injury is worse than what we're being told, or B, I, I simply don't rate him. Um, uh, as a player right now. I mean, he speaks so highly of Martinelli and, and says he's definitely one for the future. But sometimes we need to look, rather than keep looking at the future, we need to look at today. Um, is he going to benefit us next season? I, I love Martinelli. I, I love his tenacity, his enthusiasm. Um, he's what fans want. He, he gives you 100%. But there's something obviously not right. Uh, and it may just be a simple case that Arteta doesn't rate him or... He doesn't fit into Arteta's plans of the way that Arteta wants us to play football. Um, obviously, I, I wouldn't want to lose Martinelli. But by the end of the summer, or by the end of the season, beginning of the summer, we'll know exactly whether he is or isn't part of Arteta's uh, plans who, who, longer term. Who will, who will last longer at Arsenal Football Club? Mikel Arteta or Martinelli? How long is a bit of string? Football's, um, you know, we, we've all got opinions on things in football, but football these days throws up some some bonkers scenarios. Um, you, you would assume that well, I'd like to see both long term, both succeed at Arsenal. That's that's the best scenario for, for us as a football club and us as fans. Um, but look, 
results and performances and and what Martinelli does on a training field, etc., will all will all combine to give us the result. Um, I say I, I hope both succeed long term uh, and both bring us success. Um, so I don't want to lose either, if I'm honest. Yeah, Trev, agree. Yeah, it's a strange one with Martinelli, mate. And it, I mean, he's he's been in the squad now for weeks and weeks. So I don't think it's the injury. I genuinely, I don't think it's anything to do with injuries. I just think that for some reason, Arteta don't fancy him. He keeps sticking him in the squad and not giving him game time. I can't work it out. But what we do know by now about Arteta is that Arteta won't tell us a lot about it. He keeps his relationships with players quick, quite quiet, plays his cards close to his chest, doesn't he? And uh, so we'll find out in time. When it comes to the summer, we, I, I honestly think we're going to see some big changes at the Arsenal. I think... I think Arteta will already have a list of three or four players that he wants to bring in. And he probably got a list of half a dozen players that he wouldn't mind losing. So, the summer's going to be massive. We'll find out more about the Martelli-Arteta relationship and other players' relationships with a manager when this season comes to an end. I, I, I mean, it's worth mentioning, Ferguson. I mentioned it to you before, before the show. And it's worth getting Scunny and Big Tony's thoughts on this, right? What, what, what? probably less than a year ago, was the future of our club, i.e. Nelson, Willock, Maitland-Niles and Ketia, to say the four. No one even thinks about them now. None of them even get a game on the bench. None of them even cross your mind. So I can see all four of them going in the summer. I honestly can. I don't know what the boys think, but I think the club's moved on around them and moved on. And, and the, 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 the class that were a year or two behind them, i.e. Saka, Smith-Rowe, um, have come in and overtaken them. So I can see all them boys moving on in the summer. Mike? Yeah, you're probably right there. And uh, so just to go quick on to the Martinelli thing quick, and like you as everyone saying there in the summertime, Martinelli going, uh, possibly, well, we're going to find out if he goes or he stays or not. I'd like, if he's going to go, I'd rather see him go on loan if he does go anywhere. Um, I, I would hate the thought of, you know, throwing away another young talent that we've had at Arsenal just for the sake of the manager doesn't like him. You know, I, I hate the thought of that. You know, we have lost some really good talent in the past uh, over the years. You could look at Maitland-Niles as an example. He's gone to West Brom on loan and he's just come out in the papers. I put it up on Arsenal fans forum uh, this morning, but in the papers that he thought he was going to rot on the benches, um, uh, you know, at the Arsenal. And if you look at him as well as Martinelli, um, which of those two players has got a better chance to get the start? Because Martelli, the competition that midfield are even defensively is huge. But Fergus, those well, younger players can keep talking a good game. But ultimately, when you look at there is a path for Arsenal. Um, there is a path into the first team at Arsenal Football Club. The likes of Saka and Smith Rowe have have shown that. So rather than keep talking, put your head down, work hard. And be consistent in your performances. Don't keep blaming everybody else for your failures. Knock well, down, Martinelli, up Martinelli has never said anything, and obviously, no, yeah, no, sorry, uh, but like, well, like, like you say, Mar Martin has said something as well, and you know, Martin has said something to the papers or to somebody, and as well as Maitland Niles, and you know, like like Tony just said, there is right. You know, put your head down, go for it, take your opportunities when you can. Martinez took his opportunity and it worked out well for both ways. He wanted to get more first team. We wanted to get more money for him. It worked out well for both parties. Whether he wanted to leave Arsenal or not, he, you know, he, he'd been here for a long time. He had to move on for his own career. It's the way, it's the way it works. It's football. That, that's how it works um, with stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, just get your head down and get on with it. That's all, that's all the way it is. But to go on what Trev was saying with the uh, Nelson and Enketi and stuff like that, you know, they, 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 again, it's like these kids have had their opportunities, you know. It's not as if they haven't they haven't had a go and they haven't had chances or anything out of which they have, you know. Some of them have played in the Europa team. Some of them have played in the Prem. Some of them played in the FA Cup teams and stuff like that. So, you've just, like, like we just said, you've got to take your opportunities. You've got to shine for the moment. And like Tony said, there's always a way into the first team. You know, look at Saka. Yeah, I think with the... With Smith Rowe, I think it was more the fact, the fact that he had to throw Smith Rowe in there just because uh, at the time the injury injuries that we had, it was just he had, he had to do something. But it worked out well for Smith Rowe. He took his chance. He 
and there's no looking back for him. So this is what you've got I, to do. I, I, I totally agree, and I agree with the sentiment that you've uh, both said about like let your feet do the talking effectively rather than your mouth. Um, but do you think that uh, the players that Trevor mentioned, like the Willocks, Maitland-Niles, Nelson, uh, uh, Eddie, possibly Maitland-Niles, uh, Maitland I've mentioned him twice, he must be good. Um, do you think we need to shift them on we've posted nearly a 49 million pound loss because of no fans in the stadium we're heavily based about about uh, uh attendance the games is how our budgeting is done and everything else uh, do you think that would be a reason as well fiscally that we have to move players on well yeah yes. if they're not getting against game time then there's no point in paying them is it yeah, we have to we have to move all four of them on. We have to move them on. Yeah. In, in my view, I, I tell you when my view changed on them. Right when it changed on them was was it last season or the season before we played Poltava and we ended up moving the game. We were all in Poltava and, and then we ended up moving the game to Kiev. I'm not going to linger on that story. That story's for another day. But that night in Kiev, we played a really young side. We we put a young side out and and all of them boys played from what I recall and Bukayo Saka made his debut Bukayo Saka made his debut that night and it was about minus 15 it was freezing cold and from the start from from as soon as I set eyes on Bukayo Saka I knew he was a, he was a level above anything else we had on the field from the very start that night I looked at him and I thought oh my god we've got a right lad here and I challenge anybody to ever say I've said differently because I haven't I've known we've had a special special player from the very start you know and that was the night I thought to myself, well, if Bukayo could come into the side in this cold, in this place, at this level, and look this good, then the others maybe are not quite as good as we think. They're not bad, but they're not quite as good as we think. And I stick by that thought to this day. And that's why I think we'll probably see him go this summer. I think Pinketia would definitely go. I don't think he's physically strong enough for a top side. Um, Agreed. His overall game is quite poor. You know, we was expecting him to be Mr. Fox in the box and all that. But when given opportunities, he's, he's, he's wasted quite a few opportunities and, and he's spurned his chances. Um, you know, you probably get 15, 20 million for him. Matt and Knowles now, you know, he, he, he must have well over 100 appearances for Arsenal. He's had numerous opportunities. Even when he got a run in the team, there was always... There's something about Matt and Knowles. It's always like he, he's laid back. He's too laid back. Like, he's stoned. He just... He needs a rocket up of his ass. You need a rocket up his ass at times because there's, you know, when you look at Saka, he sort of just gets on with the game with with Matt Lanell. Sometimes he just lets the game pass him by. So yeah, I can see those two going. Nelson, I get the impression Arteta likes, but just can't, um, just can't um, get the best out of him. Um, Willock, Willock, I still think, I still think Willock. Has got a part to play at Arsenal. I like yeah, I th- him. I, th- I, think I think potentially he could be a really, really good squad player for us. Um, he needs a little bit more experience. He's, he is rough around the edges, but I do think there is a player there. Uh, I'm not saying to the level of Saka, but I do think there's a player there that can come in and do a really good job as a squad player. Of those four, of those four players, I think uh, Willock is probably uh, Maitland-Niles should be the more advanced, but for the very reasons that you said, his very laissez-faire sort of demeanour, uh, it just doesn't inspire me. And I don't resting think bitch face. around him. What's that? He's got a resting bitch face. <laughs> That's the problem with Maitland-Niles. The thing is with Maitland-Niles is as well, he, he, he had an opportunity to play right back. The problem is he didn't take that opportunity. And I think that's really what's done him over. You know, he got in, he got in, he got playing, he got playing at right back when Bellerin was injured. And he was doing okay. The problem is he still kept saying to everyone, I want to play midfield, I want to play midfield. He should have just said, look, this is my opportunity. I can convert to a right back and go for it. He didn't. And that, Mike, I what think you, that's what hindered him. Mike, what you just said there is Matlin Niles is, is, wants to be this, you know, midfielder. Now, Arsene Wenger didn't see him as a midfielder. Unai Emery didn't see him as a midfielder. And Mikhail Arteta didn't see him as a midfielder. When he needs to start listening to the you know, three coaches, three different levels of coaches that all think he should be a right back, is that something you know that should click in your head and go, Yeah, do you know what? Maybe I should be a right back. I'm going to knuckle down, work hard, and make that right back position my own. He's, uh, uh, do you know what? And, and don't forget, he's an inter- England international now as well, you know. Maitland Niles is an England international. And to be honest, he ain't looked bad when he's played for England, has he? You know, so 
I don't know what goes on with a young man. I genuinely don't. But I'm not saying any of these boys are bad players, by the way. They've, they've all come through the ranks and they've all reached a standard. But I just don't think they're just, they're just short of that very top that we need at the Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I think of the, of the four that were mentioned, I think the only one that will that could have um, a future at Arsenal would be Willock. But I, I expect most of them will be uh, moved on. Glenn's mentioned uh, Balogun in the chat. Um, Balogun doesn't want to stay at Arsenal. Balogun, the, door, not... the door's over there. Uh, you know, he's gone. He's, uh, you know, he. The, the, the thing is, uh, I love and hate some things about Arsenal fans. Where the guys playing fantastically in the under twenty threes, as it as did Eddie, uh, as did many of the other players that we just talked about. They've all been tearing up the unders league, but then when they get the, an opportunity, Balogun, in fairness, hasn't had the opportunity in the Premier League, but he mustn't be good enough to get into the Premier League. Uh, otherwise, he would have been played. Uh, or he I'm... mustn't have the right application, as in he might not have the right attitude. Because as I've just alluded to, there's a path into the first team at Arsenal Football Club. If he's not willing to roll up his sleeves and work hard enough, then there's a door. See you later. As good as your uh, you know, abilities may be, if you don't uh, apply yourself in the right way, you know, we can talk about Mesut Ozil, you know, like we did. Yeah, technical ability, he was as good as anybody. He, and I don't like the bloke. If you don't apply yourself in the right way, then it's no point having that technical ability. If you've got poor attitude and you don't want to work hard and you don't want to give 100%, well, there's the door. See you later. Did you say mm. you're eluded or deluded? <laughs> Here we go. Pinky's at it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Pinky. I couldn't hear you, mate. Your internet's cracking up. Listen, you see, the only thing that worries me about the Balogun thing, you can draw a comparison to Balogun, by the way, if he's asking for all this money, if all the rumours are true, Shut the door behind you, son. We'll see you later. I don't care how good you are, you know. But Trev, one, one second before you go on to that. I, I, I confirmed with I'm the guy who I get most of my information through. Um, Balogun hasn't asked for any money. He's just said he wants out. It's um, Eddie and... Uh, who was the other one I mentioned? Uh, Eddie and Nelson that are asking for stupid money. But sorry, carry on. There's the door. Are you sure yes. you don't mind if I carry See you later. Like, you know, I don't you mind know. at all. Good. You see, the, I draw a comparison. That the one oh, just, just to go off on a little chain of thought, right? Let's compare Balogun and Smith Rowe, right? Because Smith Rowe got his chance in the Arsenal side because of injuries, yeah? We think Arteta had to shoot on him in quite a bit injuries. But for at least three or four months before that, we were all shouting out for Smith Rowe. Come on, let's have Smith Rowe. Let's give him a chance. Let's give him a chance. And he held him back. I'm not saying he did wrong, but he held him back and he held him back and he held him back. And of course, when he plays him, he's fantastic. And all us fans are saying, we told you so. We told you so. So I just think to myself, is it worth giving Balogun a go now and just saying, yeah, he's half a dozen games, son. The only thing that put me off of that is the fact that I never thought I'd lower my, my levels this low, but I really want us to get top six if we can. Because I want to play in Europe. I want us to be in the Europa League. So, half of me says, chuck Balogun in, give him half a dozen games and see how he goes. But the other half of me says, don't take that risk when I want to get in the top six, when I want us in the Europa League next year. Because as I was saying when I cut off, I don't know how much of you heard, boys. A season with no Europe and going out of the FA Cup early and having a mediocre time in the league like we are now is a bad season for a fan. Oh, Trev, my word. Trev, you saying about obviously you saying about Bay Balogun. Now, if there's any indication that he will stay, then yeah, I, I get the impression um I get the uh, idea about playing and giving him some minutes, etc. There's absolutely no way of convincing him to stay, then it's pointless. He's not going to be hundred percent uh, committed and dedicated to the calls. He's not going to play for the shirt because he knows he'll be off in the summer. So if there's any indication, even the slightest, that we can he will stay beyond this obviously contract or sign a new contract and play. Fair enough. If 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 he's done it, done and dusted and he's going, then just keep him in the reserves and nobody near the first thing. Yeah. I, I agree, mate. Do you, Tom, do you, on that chain of thought, mate, do you think he's been tapped up? I, I mean, uh, I'm, 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 for the for the sake of the recording, I'm not saying he has. I'm just speculating and thinking. Now nah, listen, he, listen. It, ha it happens in football, mate. Of course, it does. Yeah. People just say every every club does it. You know, it's gone on for years. Some clubs get caught, some don't. Uh, don't. Personally, yeah. I think that with a year on his contract, his agent would have been 
uh, floating ideas about seeing who would and wouldn't be interested, seeing what would and wouldn't be offered on the table. There's no, there's no denying that his agents obviously help talk to numerous clubs. Um, my idea, his, or, his agent my, Tony, his agent is the same agent as Sackers, mm, the same yeah. agent as Smith Rose, exactly. the same agent as Nelson's. But uh, ultimately, and, they're always going to look after number yeah. one. And if there's better, if there's better deals on the table elsewhere, then they'll advise their players to go elsewhere. And money talks. Absolutely, Tony. Because they're looking after number one themselves. These they agents, they're not even. They're not even that worried about the player. Ultimately, it's the, it's the best deal that they can get for themselves. Well, the thing is, isn't it? It's the thing is. Obviously, he's only got six. Well, he had six months in January, didn't he? To left on his contract, he's gonna have to. His agent is gonna have to start talking around and moving. You know, making things in motion to find out his next club. You know, if Arsenal offered him a contract, or if he's offered, they've offered him a contract. He has. He doesn't want it, which is fair enough. That's up to him. It's his prerogative. But yeah, it's it's the way it is. But if you can't expect a player with six months left on his contract at a under twenty three level to get straight into the first team and play and and see how he goes, so no, I'm I'm with Trev on that one. I want I want to see us get top six. I want to see us win the Europa. We need our best players for that. And I'm sorry, you know but Balogun is a huge risk to take. The thing oh, is, as well, I'm going, to, I'm going to reiterate something that I said about Martinelli as well. He could have all the talent in the world. He could be everything. You know, we, we could be letting a real talent go. The problem is, if he's, if he's either asking for too much money or if he's blatant, right out, refused a contract, you've got to show these players the door. They've got to go. You can't keep them in your club. Or you can't, we can't have people like trying to big them up to get them to play. These are the because guys all, who make their decisions. They've got to go. All that does, Mike, ultimately, is fester. And eventually yeah. those players become bad. Yeah. You've seen it with Ozil, Mustafi, yeah. um, Kalazin. Yeah. You, you can't Sanchez. have that around. Sanchez, at the latter end of his Arsenal time, of course, they become bad eggs. They fest and it creates a bad, um, bad atmosphere within this, the squad and the change room. And that's something we can't have. One thing that has improved since certain players have gone is the harmony within the dressing room. The squad the squad seem a lot happier. They seem a lot more together. And they, they seem to be more... Uh, you look at um, what um, Mustafi and Klasiak have done. They, 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 they've um, made uh, their they're onto the fourth manager, <laughs> the, the team they've signed for on loan in, in Germany. And it was them that headed up a, a rebellion among the players. And so, you know what yeah, makes it worse? Klasiak's on loan. Uh, so That's what Mustafi makes it worse about it? that. He's on loan. He'll be gone in the summer. He definitely oh, he'll be gone for us. Yeah, he'll be gone. But the thing is, you've got a loanee player... With a player that come from us, who I've I've hated Mustafi for a long time, <laughs> and I'm so glad he's gone. But you've got Mustafi and Klasniak, and you've got a player, an ex-Arsenal player, and another soon-to-be possibly ex-Arsenal player going to a different club and getting the manager sacked. It's it's horrible thinking that these players were at Arsenal. Mike, you say like play for the shirt, and if you don't go, uh, there's the door. I I absolutely agree with you. But Kieran, who's a good friend of yours, has uh, said, "What about Zlatan? Would you have not signed him?" That sometimes there is a value in putting up with a twat. Um, you know, a pinky up. Yeah. There, you know. The problem is the thing is Zlatan, Zlatan's going to guarantee your goals, isn't he? <laughs> but, um. but... But there is sometimes value in in in, in letting uh, you know putting up with players' egos like that when you've got like Anelka's, uh, Van Persie's, and so on. When when they are producing and um and and if they're going to get you twenty plus goals a season, you're going to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. Look, the last thing I wanted to talk about very briefly because we're about to run out of time is did people believe um, the stories about Arteta being linked? To Barcelona. I'll start with you, Mike. Did you did you um, believe in in that? I, I'll be honest with you. I couldn't give a. No. You know, if he was being linked, he was being linked. There's nothing we can do about it. If he wants to go, see you later. That's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. Trev, what Arteta to Barcelona? Did you do you think there was any reality in in, in it? Uh, do you think it was in just just uh, I don't know. I hope not at the moment, but I, I think another year, if, if we have a good season next season, which which I'm sure we will, we'll be top at Christmas this year. 
You heard it here first, right? We'll be top of Christmas. And if we start playing really well consistently... I'll have, I'll have some of the drug juror on, Trev, please. They're all going to come... Yeah, have you got any more of that ginger dye left, mate? I'll, have done, I'll get my beard done. <laughs> you listen to That's me, drug boys. Pass, mate. Right, you heard it here first. You'll all be eating your words, right? We'll be top at Christmas this year. I'm telling you for nothing. And they will come, they will come fishing around, around Arteta. And, and the lure of a big Spanish club to a man like Arteta will be massive. And that is why, we, you know, we, we have to be careful. But that's in the future. At the moment, I don't believe that the big clubs will come in for him. I don't believe he's done enough. And I think that we'll keep him for a good while yet, um, hopefully, to take our great club forward and get us back where we should be. Pos positivity all the way for me with Arteta at the moment. I, I still think that the, the positives far outweigh any negatives that you may think of. Kieran's not going to happen. Top six and everyone dyes their beard. I'm not looking like him. I am not looking like him. <laughs> I'm just jealous, bro. <laughs> That's because you're just a boy, son. <laughs> a, boy, a boy with internet. Yeah. Hey, I'm all right now. I'm all right now. It works it out. <laughs> Boys, uh, finally, predictions on today's uh, scoreline. I'll start with you. Um, the man who's surrounded by all the birds. Yeah, you see what I did there? Yeah, because he was talking about fishing and stuff like that. Yeah, Tony, <laughs> uh, still looking for the birds. <laughs> I'm going you for an Arsenal him. win. Um, I'm going for an Arsenal win. Um, I'm not sure the score. I just think we'll. It won't be the greatest score. Two nil. Two nil. Scotty. Uh, two one. Arsenal win. Okay. Pinky. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go for an Arsenal win, although the history says that after that performance last week, we're going to be dire today and we're going to struggle. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we're not going to be dire. We're not going to be struggling. My heart's going to roll my head. I'm going to go for a 3-0 win to the Arsenal. I think our defence is stronger. I think that we can we can go round them with that team we've got out with with uh, Saka, Odegaard and Willian. I think we'll do all right. So I'm going to go for a 3-0 win to the Arsenal um, and, and and hopefully the consistency starts last week, continues this week and takes us up the league into those top six spots. The, the first 20 minutes of today's game will dictate the rest of it. If we start strong, we're more than likely, you know, or more than capable of winning 3-0. If we start yes. like, like we've done in recent games, it could be a, a, a long day. Yeah, we'll be 1-0 down and before we know it. See, I like their defence owners, I like their central defenders at Burnley. You know, I like Ben Mee, mainly because he's got a cracking name, like reminds me of the old Arsenal Ben Mee. And Tarkowski's not let him down either, is he? So, yeah, we don't want to do what we've been doing and give an early goal away. We need to, to start on the front foot, get a goal or two up by half time, and then cruise <laughs> to a nice, easy win. That will do nicely. And if you carry on, Fergus, if you carry on on coming down there, and you would have this ginger face to argue with, my son. I'm telling you for nothing. Just, just obviously for rules and mate. Obviously social distancing. Yeah, I, they go out the window. Out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm, I'm going to go with them. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm because I've got a grey beard and I'm uh, delusional. So I'm going to go with. I, I'm going to go with a, a four nil to the Arsenal. Uh, so there we go. There we go. I'll take that, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Listen, you have been watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons at an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans. Hey, wait Arsenal a minute, fans. Fergus. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. One second. Wait you minute. can interrupt in a minute. I forgot the you good news. You can interrupt in a minute. Good news for everybody. Go on, then. Go, go. It ain't going to seem like good news when I say it. But when I say it, I'll let Fergus pick up, right, to, to explain why I'm saying this, right? Fergus's missus went back to work this week, which was the best news I'd heard in a long time. Over the moon about it. Fergus, pick up from that, my son. Uh, yeah, actually, it goes good back news, on mate. to... That's good news. It, it is brilliant news. It goes back on to uh, what I've been talking about and saying right over um, right over the, the winter period with coronavirus and, uh, you know, um, Albert, uh, who was on here last week, uh, the week before, he lost his mum to it uh, last year. You know, people have died to this thing. It's not over. We still got a battle to do. Behave and do uh, and stick to the rules. Stick a little bit longer, and we'll come out the other end. You know, and take care of yourselves. Uh, Tony joked and said, 
social distancing it does really matter it does it does matter where you mask and all that Fergus stuff. is she is she 100% on the mend or has she just had enough of you uh, probably enough for me I think I think she's 50-50 <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you figure that one out I'll let you figure that one out thank you very much for joining us your first cheers time on here and I, I hope you've enjoyed it um, I know you yeah, come cheers, on as a, I'd like a to phone in first <laughs> I ignore that. Um, <laughs> and uh, Mike, thank you again, mate. Uh, where can people find you? Because you do uh, run uh, a podcast of your own. Yeah, uh, Friday night, uh, Friday nine o'clock is my normal time, nine pm UK time at the Ars Brothers. Um, you find us on there for the Friday Ars show. And it's um, hey, not, it's not really family viewing, is it, uh, Scotty? It can be. Lately, it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, there's been a lot of talk about a lot of things recently and uh, it's not for the faint-hearted so if you if you don't like a bit of the um you know there is quite a bit of swearing in it and there's quite a bit of taking the mick out of people but in a very rude manner if you like that sort of thing by all means it is funny come and join us if you don't i'd, I'd stay away <laughs> but we are quite informative <laughs> Trev, what colour are we going for next week? Well, I'm just uh, you, thinking got, you, of... went, you went early with the ginger beard. I, you know, March 17th is St. Patrick's Day. I, I, listen, I just can't move on. With, I'll tell you what, Tony, you must be a crap fisherman, son, because you've been sat there for an hour and you ain't shifting off your ass. So you ain't. <laughs> you need to change your bait, son. You need to change your bait. <laughs> I bought the rods in while I was talking to you boys, just in case. I didn't want a live take. Trev, yeah, I must say, with, with that yellow top and that pink beard, you keep reminding me of one of those fruit tennis sweets. Mate, I tell you what, rhubarb and custard. I was thinking, thinking so many favourites, my favourites, and the reason uh, my missus has had this tube of red dye in the. Uh, uh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Going to interrupt there. Yeah. What? You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.